Fade in on Harbor Vale, a sleepy town in coastal Maine, its residents continually harrowed by an unyielding mist that intrudes from the Atlantic. And, much like the town, veiled by this persistent precipitation, its residents veil secrets of their own. Secrets of an ancestral curse and the desire to embrace it. Secrets of justice, distributed in the shadows. Secrets of newfound duty and a life left behind. Secrets of bestial instinct, clawing its way to the surface. And as we cast our eyes towards these silent secrets, we shall delve even deeper into what truly transpires down by the bay. Hello, and welcome to These Silent Secrets. My name is Zach, and I'll be your MC. Where last we left off, the soup group, after having a rather intense encounter with the creature in the basement of Tucker Rowan's home, are splitting up into the night yet again. Before we dive into this episode, as always, a couple of thank yous to get through to Ghostsite Media. Thank you so much for having us on the network. We very much appreciate it to DocMVO. Uh, for doing our transcripts. Thank you so, so much. A link to that can be found in the description of the episode. And of course, to Nicole Tuttle-Rob for all she does with scoring our episodes, running our social media, designing our merch. You're such a champion. I appreciate you greatly, 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 greatly. So now, this is where normally I would jump right into the episode, but um, as I said at the end of the last episode, this is going to be our last monologues from a monster for the season. So one last little uh, dip into the soup group's heads just to see how they're feeling before um, we go into what was our last session of this game. So please enjoy as we dive into this episode of These Silent Secrets Down by the Bay. What would you do at the end of everything? Would you cower from it? and run hoping to find somewhere safe? Would you brave the fatal conditions and save as many as possible? Would you resign yourself to what's to come and attempt to savor your last moments? Or would you stand stalwart to face the danger head on? When it comes to the soup group, our favorite monsters of Harbor Vale, they have appeared to cover the spread. As the camera stops overhead of the home of Tucker Rowan, we first see a large figure burst from the sliding glass door on the back and fly off into the night, followed quickly by something just as large, following in focused pursuit, Kane and Talbot. Moments later, a third figure exits the front door and calmly walks out into the storm, Avery Carlisle. A time passes when at last Isla Hart and Jason Chen emerge with Austin Butler in tow. A mix of emotion flashes across all three of their faces. As we close in on Isla's face, we can see the building realization of her gifts and true gravity of what she can accomplish with them. Evacuate. When I took off the headphones after giving the call to Harbervale, things felt different. There was a shift in the air. A manipulated wave washing over the citizens. The humans. The headphones felt chintzy and fragile in my hands like I 
I could snap them in half without a second thought. I had to throw them down onto the soundboard before I had the chance to follow through. Mark wouldn't be too happy with me if I started breaking his things in his absence. The feeling didn't recede. The walls of the studio felt thin and shaky, like one drop of water would soften them like paper. The ceiling would rip off in a toothy split, never to be put back together. The glow of the station I used to bask in was rapidly dimming. I pushed the front door open to gulp down some air. <sighs> Remember when I wanted to see the shore? Meet the humans and see their splendor? <sighs> I was so wrong. This could all come crashing down. It could all be easily destroyed. As Julian, Avery, and I left the station for the pier, I couldn't believe my eyes. We drove past house after house and saw families silently lugging duffel bags and luggage to their cars, stuffing their back seats and trunks with only the necessities. We crept along the road due to the number of people already leaving Harborvale. The evacuees were efficient and quick. No one was fighting one another on this. Their faces were calm and flat as they carried out the task I gave them. As I heard a man slam his trunk closed, something snapped in me, and a voice echoed in my mind. Look at them. Look at what I made them do. The feeling from the station washed over me. This town looked so weak. It felt like a cold current pushed against my skin. I rubbed my arms against the chill. These people would be dead if it wasn't for me. That sentence clanged in my head. That woman who placed a packed cooler in her car. The old man who helped his equally graying dog into the passenger seat of his clunker. The little girl who hugged a teddy bear too tight. If I hadn't told them to leave, they would cease to exist. What else could I tell them? The sirens know. I didn't stop the voice now. Remember what my father would say? Humans would never understand our kind. But look at them now. They're running away. They've listened to me. They understand you. The rain-soaked trees of Harborvale faded as my vision clouded with images, like at the human movie theater. That voice kept speaking. I saved them today. If they had their choice, they would have stayed here and fought a losing battle against the mighty ocean if it wasn't for me. I saw homes swept away, lips bubbled out their final breath as they descended into the dark water. I saw Deborah and Monica Xavier, Avery, Jason, and Kanan. 
Then a light exploded and the voice showed me what things could look like. My family is here, in the Harbor Vale Bay. Dad has tears in his eyes. Julian is beside me. He's beaming his heart-stopping smile. I turn to see my neighbors, my classmates, and a wave of other sirens behind me. Legs replace our tails as the water drips into the sand. There are humans waiting on the shore. Their faces are similar to this is what you can achieve. Harborvale looked different. It looked magnificent. It was shiny and new and perfect, like a trinket I would snag off a shelf. The air smelled like an ocean breeze, clean, and the sea was a vibrant blue. There were no boats tied to the dock. Children's laughter mixed with the seagull's cries. A clear blue sky. Harmony. Humans have ruined their world. They need you. They have no choice. The images receded to the view of Misty Harbor Vale through the windshield. The feeling returned, but this time, I welcomed it. It wrapped me in a warm blanket and settled into my neck, where my gills hid. A melodic hum vibrated in my chest as I watched as a boy dropped his bag to stare at me as the car whizzed by. Tearing through town, we refocus on Avery as she calmly and quietly makes her way home. Her eyes look weary, but there remains a glint of something. A renewed hope that comes when someone relieves themselves of a terrible weight and responsibility. Death, blood, water, loss, win, repeat. My life has been nothing but a vicious cycle. Every time I think we're gaining an advantage or getting close to beating this, we fall ten steps behind. We find the statue, our family is threatened. We wake the cursed, the storm rages on. We break the bridge, and our friends are attacked. No matter how much we win, we will always lose every time people die people betray us and we lose we're stuck on this stupid ride with no end in sight the only way to get out of a cycle is to break it so i'm done i don't even understand why i've been trying so hard to save harborvale when this town would never do the same for me. You know, this town used to hate my family. My great-grandmother gave her life, defeating this monster the last time. She sacrificed everything. Her family, her sanity, her life. In order to keep this town and its residents safe. And what did they do to show her gratitude? called her a homewrecker. 
celebrated her disappearance as if it were a good thing, as if they were happy that she was gone. They hated her so much that they never mourned her. They gossiped, passing stories of her destruction and volatile nature from generation to generation. Just one more nail in the Sullivan coffin. She saved their lives, protected them from a fate worse than death, and they made her bloodline social pariahs. They never protected her, so I... <laughs> I'm done protecting them. I've spent the last several weeks of my life going to incredible, death-defying lengths to figure out how to save this town. Forgoing literally anything else I wanted to do to protect those vultures. Those good-for-nothing, thinly-veiled villains. But not anymore. It's my turn now. My turn to do what I want to do. To do all of the things that I haven't been allowed to want. To indulge in my own selfish desires. I want to be a normal girl. I want to go to football games and, and pep rallies. I want to agonize over which dress to wear to homecoming, crush on the cute guy in my homeroom class, and make mistakes that aren't life and death. I don't want the weight of this town on my shoulders. I don't want the pressure of being their unsung hero or the shackles of being their scapegoat. I don't want it. I've never wanted it. I just want to be me. I want to catch up on all of the shows that I've missed these last few weeks. Lose myself in shitty reality TV where their biggest problems are if the boy they like likes them back. Or if they're getting awkward tan lines from their ridiculous bikinis. I want to try and make those weird Pinterest recipes that I keep saving to my board with no intention of ever making just to say that I did. I want to do my fucking homework and graduate, go to college, give a speech at graduation and take silly, memorable pictures with my friends. Spend the summer making childish mistakes, living hard and loving harder. I want to go out in public with my grandma and not get those stupid side-eyed stares from people who believe in reputation over reality. I want to do a radio show with Isla because it's fun and exciting and something that I enjoyed. I want to ask her questions about her culture and where she comes from. I want to show her some of the greatest movies of all time that she hasn't had the chance to watch yet. I want to go watch Kanan play volleyball and cheer them on from the stands like a supportive friend should. I want to go to their house for one of those famous barbecues they've told me about. I want to joke with their parents and let them try to teach me how to play those dumb video games. <laughs> I want to be so bad at it that they take the controller from me and, and I want to laugh. Fully. Without restraint. Without baggage. And I finally want to go on that date with Jason. Like normal fucking people. 
I want to sit across the table from him and talk about something that doesn't revolve around death, destruction, and loss. I want to get to know him, the real him, the one behind all of the weapons. I want to ask him to homecoming so we can dance the night away together without a single care in the world, without looking over our shoulders, without hearing voices in our heads without feeling the constant threat of the end of the world looming. I want to feel butterflies in my stomach wondering if he is going to kiss me at the end of the night. I want to hear someone tell me that they love me and I don't want it to feel like a goodbye. I want to say goodnight to my friends at the end of the day without that nagging feeling that I may never see them again. That they might be gone before I even wake up the next morning. I never want to kill someone again. I never want to wash blood stains from my hands again. I just want to be normal. I want to be free. I'm not naive enough to think that I could control all of that. But what I can control is myself. And I'm never going to lay my life on the line for this town again. I'm never giving them more than what they've given me. I am breaking this cycle. Once and for all. Floating back to the tired trio as they continue to fight their way through the rapidly flooding streets, we see Jason's forehead wrinkle in frustration, knowing the team he's tried his hardest to keep together has split apart again. I thought we were going to have a normal night. No weird lobsters, no risking our lives, just sitting around playing some games. I should probably know better than that by now. Austin hasn't had a normal night in weeks. We've been out there chasing leads and fighting the good fight or whatever. But that didn't do anything for Austin. We didn't even find him because we were looking. We found him because we got lucky. Lucky in a way that almost got us killed too. Every win we've had has had a loss to offset it. We saved Austin after killing Alexandria. We got Isla's dad back, which is great, don't get me wrong. But we also... You know, we also lost mine. I was taught that being a Reaper is about maintaining the balance between the soup and the sides. But I'm, I'm sick of it at this point. I, I got fired anyway. I, I want to start tipping those scales. We don't lose anymore. That's the plan. No more. But we, we, we gotta get everyone back on the same page first. I thought it made it pretty clear before that we don't run off on our own. And that's just step one to getting picked off. But now Avery and Kanan are both doing whatever by themselves. And I get it, but we need them back. You can't tip the scales by taking weight off. Well, okay, you can, but that means that your side gets lighter, which makes it tip the other way, and then you lose. And, and we're not doing that, so we need them back. End of plan. Just 
No more losing. No more ties, even. Only wins. Single-mindedly, the claw-tipped paws of Cain and Talbot tear through grass and mud, following a trail that could lead to anything. The feral instincts of the wolf in full control. I see the horrors around me. The fear on the faces of my friends. The pause before words that are about to be spoken, but ultimately withheld. I see the swirl of emotions as we grasp the reality of the inevitable conflict. I see Jason's eyes as they search for answers. Avery's eyes as they search for meaning. Isla's eyes as they search for closure. While my eyes suppress tears. I am Canaan. I smell the carnage around me. The anxiety and the aroma of my friends. The shallow exhales of frantic breath. I smell the coppery scent of blood and the heightened sweetness of adrenaline as the reality of the fight to come swirls around us. I smell Jason's determination. I smell Avery's resolve. I smell Isla's conviction. While I smell of rage. I am the wolf. Two beings in the same body. One always fighting for control of the other. One will always prevailing over the other. Tonight is different. Tonight we work as one. Tonight we think as one. We see as one. Smell as one. Feel as one. Hunt as one. Our eyes fight tears while our nose follows the scent of our prey. The night air rushes through our fur as we sprint. The trees passing us by. The moon lighting our path. Our instincts guiding us to our quarry. We've been too timid. We've let our guard down. We've been too kind. And for this, for this, we have suffered. Our weakness and complacency caused our family and friends to suffer. Others have died because of our inaction. Tonight, we will be the death dealer. Our mind races as the scene flashes before us. A scene of gnashing, clawing, scraping, biting, bleeding, fighting, dying. I don't want to lose. I don't want to leave my family behind. I don't want to leave and disappoint my mother. To leave and upset my father. To leave and abandon my sister. To leave and fail my aunt. I don't want my friends to regret. Jason to regret losing his best friend. Avery 
to regret the friendship that would be but never will Isla to regret not stopping me as our eyes locked when I faded into the shadow and stalked out of that basement a completely different beast I don't want to die as for those I hunt I don't want to let them get away with it I don't want to let them live a comfortable life after everything they've done to my family to my friends to this town I don't want them to ever smile again I don't want them to feel pleasure I don't want them to feel even a single moment's peace I want them to feel pain I want them to feel heartache I want them to feel hopeless but more than anything I want them to feel fear so I howl I lift my voice out into the night to let them know that I am coming to let them know that I will find them to let them know that there is no escape from my teeth from my claws from my rage I will introduce them to suffering I will introduce them to hatred I will introduce them to my vengeance into their reckoning and I will introduce them to me I am the wolf and I am Kanan Talbot as the hunt continues we fly out and out across the town like we have time and time again the clouds flash overhead with lightning and thunder that shakes the very air around us. We arrive at the now half-destroyed pier as a cavalcade of hooded figures gather. One, in a far more intricately designed cloak, strides to the edge, quickly accompanied by five people with bagged heads and bound hands being deposited before him. The wicked children of this town may have derailed our plans time and time again, but it does not matter. Salvatore Cipriano says, removing his hood and addressing the legion of acolytes before him. Our lord remains resolute, his sovereignty unquestionable. We still have options. He looks at the bound figure at the end of the line. And as much as it may pain me, the return of our great king far surpasses any earthly ties we may have. Now. Let us begin. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of These Silent Secrets. If you liked what you heard, there's a bunch of ways to show your support. Easy ones. Scroll down wherever you're listening to us at and like, review, subscribe, share. Whatever options it gives you, should just go ahead and do them for us. We'd really appreciate it. Another super duper easy way is just to tell a couple of folks about us. The more people you tell about us, the more people uh, like this show. We want to build this community a little bit more. I know this is where, normally where I do a bit, but as we're getting near the end of the season, I'm feeling a lot more sincere about this bit. Uh, we just love to see more people listening to the show, more people that we get the chat, you know, interface with, talk to. 
Um, we really appreciate it. If you want to support us uh, further, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia, where you can donate monthly there and get some fantastic um, get some fantastic rewards for yourself. You can find us online. Our website's at our website's thesilentsecrets.com. Our TikTok is at thesilentsecrets. And our Twitter is at silentsecretpod. You can also find us all individually. You can find Marcus at MarcusRVO, Nicole at Nicole Voice, Mariah at Mariah underscore Clausen, Freddie at Freddie underscore Pow Pow, and myself at That Guy Zach Rob. We'll be back in two weeks with what is our last session of this game, which will probably be two to three episodes long. Thank you guys so much. We love you. See you next time. But until then, may your secrets stay hidden. Actually, yeah, that's just it. May your secrets stay hidden. Bye. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.